Thank you for tuning into this webinar, Planning for an Economic Downturn While Business is Still Good. This webinar is hosted by AGH University and presented by AGH Employer Solutions. AGH Employer Solutions is a team of professionals that helps employers, business owners, and human resource professionals hire, compensate, manage, engage, train, and retain one of their most critical resources, their talent. Today's speaker is Marjorie Engel. Marjorie is the Senior Vice President of AGH's Organizational Development and Family Business Department. Her extensive expertise in board governance, executive coaching, organizational analysis, succession, and strategic planning has helped closely held and family-owned entrepreneurial businesses throughout the nation succeed. The economy as we know it can seem like a never-ending roller coaster. There's something unique about companies that survive recession or industry crises and come out thriving. So how do they prepare before the downturn? Understanding what actions can be taken to gain market share and keep companies strong can make all the difference. From strategic choices to operational improvements, there are steps business leaders can take to ensure their company is prepared. And welcome everyone to our webinar today. I'm really glad you could join us. You know, sometimes when your business is rocking along and things are going well and the economy is good, it's hard to have a sense of urgency about how you're gonna prepare ahead of time for a potential recession. But it's interesting because what you do now can make a huge difference when the inevitable downturn does occur. So today we wanna to share with you not just research on weathering an economic correction, but we also would like to share experiences from companies that we have interviewed that have been through economic downturns. Some of them hit really hard by those downturns and yet they survived. And throughout the program today, we're gonna to be sprinkling in some of the sage advice that we heard in the words of the CEOs that we interviewed who have weathered the kind of storms that every business has to. So the interviews that we had with these CEOs included a, a vast um, variety of industries from manufacturing, construction, transportation, to professional service firms. Um, the company CEOs shared their experiences, some of them from downswings in the 80s, some around 2001, and then some from 2008 to 10, 2010, and some of them from all three. So the company sizes that we interviewed um, the CEOs from went anywhere from 2 million in annual revenues to 350 million in annual revenues. And just kind of a side note that $350 million company actually at the end of one downturn had dropped down to less than half of that amount. So we had, we had some really interesting conversations. And as we interviewed the CEOs, we learned one thing. The ones, <clears throat> excuse me, who had weathered previous recessions seemed to act much more qu quickly and decisively uh, in the subsequent recessions. And it was a stark difference from those who had not weathered those kinds of storms. So really knowing what to watch for becomes important, but sometimes that feels like you're looking into a crystal ball. Um, I like the um, uh, quote from Paul Samuelson. He was a Nobel Prize winning economist and he said the stock market has predicted nine of the last 
five recessions. I thought that was pretty telling. Even economists look at the signs in the marketplace and find them to be tricky to read. So there are some things that in addition to watching the marketplace, you can be tracking and you can watch for. And so you notice some of those on the slide. Some organizations see the warning signs by knowing their own business really well and tracking the changes and trends that are occurring in their own sales and margin um, trends. Um, what's happening to their lead times, cash flow, even their customers and suppliers ability um, to do business. So in a recession, when conditions change, something that we found in our research and talking to a number of different companies is sometimes that economic disruption can create opportunities for your business and your odds to not even not just survive but actually maybe even prosper during those times are better if you can be aggressive if you can be ahead of that curve and so that when it happens you can do business differently so instead of crisis planning today we actually really consider what we're going to be talking about as opportunity planning finding opportunities in the disruption so now i'm looking back at uh pre or excuse me in looking back at previous downturns there's some interesting facts that emerge so just a couple of those one third of the companies that were in the top quartile of their industry fell out of that position during a downturn. And very few of those were able to return into that top quartile within five years. But when you look at today's market leaders, 15% of them advanced into that market leading position during a recession. So leaders of industries are often reset when there's that kind of disruption in the marketplace. Something else that was interesting to note is that often those companies slipped out of their lead position or even some companies even failed, not in the depths of the recession, but often during the recovery that came after it. So why do you think that is? So I'm gonna take us to our first poll then. Um, and I would encourage you just to identify um, all the answers here that apply. So why do you think companies often fail as the economy is recovering? It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it, that um, the uh, companies would make it through the depths of a recession, but then fail later. So, okay. So I'm gonna give you just another few seconds. We still have some answers coming in and then we're going to close the poll. So we have pretty much everybody in. So let's go ahead and close that poll now. So one, the, the thing that came out on top, 44% of you feel like they just weren't paying attention to opportunities. 38% uh, of you indicated indiscriminate cuts during the downturn. So when the recovery happened, they weren't prepared. They couldn't meet the demand. Or maybe they just couldn't hold on 
any longer. Um, really, you're all right. All of those reasons contribute to not being able to recover as the economy comes back. So when you think about paying attention to opportunities and getting in front of a crisis, what we want to do is identify some of the areas to consider um, before the market um, downturn occurs in order for you to be prepared uh, as the market returns. So one thing you can prepare ahead of time is the need to respond to employees. Before a downturn occurs, if you think ahead, you can really anticipate how people are gonna feel when they begin to see the signs of trouble. Consider ahead of time, how are you gonna communicate with them? How are you gonna give your employees confidence in the moment? So when people are feeling stressed and fearful, as an economic decline ramps up, they feel that way because of what they're hearing and seeing. As they see in the news, as they see in your customers and even in your own business, things becoming disrupted, they feel stress and fear. So understanding exactly what you can do to address that stress and fear is really critical. It's, it's easy to understand why they feel that way. Employees are wondering, am I gonna have a job? How is this gonna affect me? And even those that feel like you would never get rid of them start worrying about, well, if we have a layoff, what's gonna to happen to my workload? Or are they gonna cut my salary? So they start feeling a loss of what is predictable and they don't feel like they can control or influence it. So for you as a business leader, having clear shared goals, knowing how you're gonna communicate and what needs to be focused on, then your employees can be helped. You can be prepared and in a position to help them as opposed to trying to communicate in a panic. So where do you start creating the plan? Where do you start preparing ahead of time? Well, one thing you have to do is evaluate your position today. What is your financial, your strategic, and your industry position? Because those analysis now can help point you to what kind of actions are critical that you could take now in order for you to be prepared. So let's talk about evaluating your financial position. Listed here are some of the financial fundamentals that you can assess now. So by considering some questions about your financial situation, you're gonna be able to see what level of financial resources you are gonna to have to draw upon to weather the storm and how much fuel you have for navigating through a downturn. So what kind of questions can you consider with your team? How strong is our current cash flow and how deep are our cash reserves? How much debt are we carrying? How strong is our balance sheet? And what is our most likely sales forecast for the year? Or, or what's the worst case sales scenario for this year? 
And as we look at these indicators, the other thing you have to ask is, how do they compare with our competition? Are we going to be stronger in a storm or not? In a, in a crisis, it can be helpful too when you're, when you're actually facing that crisis to shift your financial perspective. So here's a couple of things that we heard from some of the CEOs we talked to that realized they had to start looking at things differently. One of them said, I always said March takes care of itself, but this year it didn't. So those predictable cycles change, causing you to have to look at your financials differently. And I thought what the one CEO said was really profound. He said, last year to this year doesn't matter anymore. So a lot of times when you think about how you look at your financials, what you look at is year to date against budget and last year against or this year against last year but in a real downturn it's going to be more helpful and actually motivating to your leadership team if you shift your focus and you look at your year-end projections and how they may need to be adjusted then you look at the last three months compare it with the end of year projections and and start working toward reaching those feasible projections. Now, in addition to evaluating your financial position, it's important to look at your strategic position. So evaluating that strategic position is going to help you identify what are the right strategic moves to be better positioned to deal with the effects of the downturn and to be poised for growth at the end of a downturn, not just surviving it, but coming out of it stronger. You see, within a given industry, you know it, not every, not every company suffers equally. So leaders who are better positioned uh, to deal with the effects of the downturn are going to be more successful. So what kind of strategic questions can you ask? Bring your team together and discuss things like, have our customers demonstrated uncommon loyalty to us? Are they uncommonly loyal to our services or our products? Another question might be, have our customers demonstrated a willingness to pay for value? Or are they nickeling and dime us, diming us? Um, are they willing to pay for the value of our product or our services? Another question might be, what specific advantages do we have over our competition? What is it customers value that we provide that's a differentiation from our uh, competitors. Another question is looking at your target market. What's your share of that target market? What trends do you see emerging in those target markets? And then ask yourself, are you a leader in your industry? Some of those things can help give you a better perspective of what your strategic position is now so that you can address what needs to be addressed before a downturn occurs. So that's two evaluations, the financial evaluation, the strategic position evaluation. The third evaluation is looking at your industry position. How is your industry gonna be impacted? So asking questions like, um, it, it, how is this slowdown gonna impact my customers? How is this in turn going to affect my suppliers? And then you can get a sense for 
what industries are going to get hit harder than others. So three different kinds of evaluations you can do now to help you identify adjustments that can be made now in order to prepare you for that downturn. So that takes us to our next polling question. And so I would invite you now to join us in thinking about what part of your core business would it be most helpful to define now? And you can mark all that apply on this one. If, if you could strengthen or better define one of these areas, which would give you the most um, strong positioning for a downturn? Or which of these do you feel like maybe you don't have a good enough grasp on? Okay, so we still have some voting going on. As you're thinking about this, what you can be thinking about also then is what the discussions are you need to be having with your management team. Okay, so we're gonna close the poll now. And it seems like the, the main thing is what operational bottlenecks are getting in the way of efficiency? Uh, 73%, 67 of you, so neck and neck with that, are which of our products and services are gonna be invaluable to customers even during a recession? And, and the others had pretty strong responses too. 53% of you felt like looking at financial resources and then 47 uh, on both which customers are core and what's essential to their survival. So thinking strategically now about how you're gonna look in the downturn um, can be critical. Now, another thing that's important to sorting out possible responses is identifying what your core business is. So the core of your business, some researchers call it the taproot. Some researchers call it the driving force. That core of your business helps create focus in a downturn. And concentrating on your core business will dramatically improve the odds of success in a downturn. But to do that, you have to define what your core business is. And 95% of the sustained value creators um, that have survived downturns are leaders in their area of core business. So defining what your core business is and asking yourself, are we leaders in that area of our business? The other thing that information helps you to do, it helps you identify barnacles. And everybody knows what barnacles are. They stick to the whole of boat. And so then instead of a smooth uh, surface, the skin of the hull starts becoming bumpy. And you might think, well, yeah, barnacles can slow you down um, because they add weight. But they also, not, in addition to slowing you down, they waste a lot of fuel. Barnacles actually can decrease or, or actually increase the amount of fuel by more than 40%. Same principle applies to your business. Those barnacles that aren't part of your core business can slow you down in a downturn. When you do this kind of analysis, what are our core businesses? What are our barnacles? Then you come across some brutal facts and maybe some surprises. One thing you can do is look outside your business. There are questions your team can consider and discuss to help clarify your core business looking outside. 
delineate the markets you operate in, and then assess what's happening in each one of those markets. Define your company's strategic position in each one of those markets and have the team discuss how are the customer needs in those markets were strongest in changing and where might our competitors competitors be newly vulnerable in a downturn it helps you decide how you can position yourself to take advantage of that then as you take your look outside and discuss that you can also move to looking inside your organization. What are our unique advantages that could be leveraged if the economy slows? Where's the company generating their best results? Where are our margins coming from? And you can measure that by profitability, growth, margins. Ask the team which product lines, which markets, which customer segments are giving us our best results. And who are the customers that we love the most and that love us the most? Profit promoters, identifying those will equal higher profitability and higher loyalty. That's part of your core business. And answering those questions are gonna help you assess which customers are gonna be key to your survival. You're gonna come away from knowing the customers that are truly core, the products that are really loved, needed, and making you money. And then in your revised go-to-market strategy, your strategy that will have to take a shift if the economy turns down, you'll know where to go. We call them brutal truths because a lot of times organizations find out they're surprised by the answers to those questions. There's another place that you're gonna find brutal truths too as you look internally and that is, what are the bottlenecks? And, and that was the one thing most of you identified as the area that you could get the biggest bang for your buck if you could address now. So if you know what customers and what products and services you need to focus on, it's easier to identify the barnacles. What is it that is decreasing your efficiency in delivering those specific things? So what that does is helps your margins improve when revenues are at risk. You wanna zero in on the opportunities that can survive the downturn and the opportunities that actually may arise during a downturn. So what are some of those opportunities? So again, just like your analysis internal and external, those opportunities can be internal or external. So in the midst of eroding customer confidence as the economy becomes disrupted, it's really helpful to challenge your team to think of things from inside your customer's head. So as you sort out your categories of clients, ask the team, what are their essentials for survival? What, what things are they gonna be postponing? And what, what's going to have a pent up demand? And when do we think that will happen as recovery begins. That will help you determine both what products and services to focus on, which ones have poor prospects in a, in a bad economic environment and which are more likely to flourish during the recession and beyond. Another area of opportunity is to, to realize that downturns unfreeze those market positions. 
So think about your key competitors. Consider what the impact is going to be to them. And how can you take advantage of those changes in the marketplace? How can you position yourself now and in the moment of truth as things begin to change? What that causes you to be able to do, instead of just cutting across the board, oh, we're, we're down top line, we've got to cut across the board, you might actually decide it makes sense to spend money in certain areas in the downturn and cut back more in other areas during the downturn. It's a time when many companies are divesting assets and they, that they feel like they can survive without but it creates an opportunity for you to acquire needed assets for the long term. And so things like equipment, real estate, and even the acquisition of other businesses, this can be a prime time for you to be nimble. Sometimes organizations, when they get anxiety, they get paralyzed and they lose opportunities. There's also some internal opportunities that, um, you might not think about, but I heard Stephen Covey before he died speak one time, and he said, real change occurs when crisis happens. So there are changes that you may know should be made in your organization, but generating those, the buy-in for those changes probably just makes you feel dread and trying to make that change happen. Or you may worry about, well, what will people think if we make that change happen? So, for example, I was working with one organization that had a, a number of retail locations, two of which they knew they needed to shut down, but they were afraid of how it would impact morale. It's times like this when the economy is in disruption that people are motivated to be supportive of actions that may be more drastic than when times are good. So that takes us to our next poll. So I'm gonna invite you all to join us in our next poll. And um, we wanna look at which of these areas you think your organization needs to improve in. So when you think about your business, your team, do we need to get better at knowing our business, our core business thinking strategically? Do we need to operationally execute better and get rid of those barnacles? Or do we need to build the right people and culture that are gonna be the people that get us through this downturn? Okay, so I think we've got, oh yeah, we've got a good response. I think we can close that poll. And so 56% said all of the above. Um, so congratulations to you. You guys are open to looking at everything. And then 28% said operational execution. And, and we're going to look at just how much operational execution can help you through a downturn in just a little bit. You know, when you think about really great organizations, really great, the DNA of those really great organizations has several components that those organizations have mastered, and it includes three really important things. The basic principles remain constant. Great organizations have been able to build strengths when it comes to thinking strategically, when it comes to execution, and when it comes to the people and teams that make both strategy and execution happen. 
So healthy organizations have addressed those basics. So when you think about the DNA of great organizations and the strategy strand of that DNA, it means you have clear, shared, compelling answers to questions like, why do we exist? And what is our unique differentiator? What unique value can we offer? And where are we headed? And what do we have to do to get there? The answers to those questions provide you a roadmap and a filter. So when you're identifying what is core to your business, it's so much easier. And then again, instead of indiscriminate cuts, you may cut things that are not core, but you protect and possibly even invest in what your core drivers are. Getting rid of the barnacles that are gonna prevent you from investing in the parts of the business that are making you money. That also helps you in your communication to employees when you hit those rough waters. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Another strand of the DNA is the execution. So you have to be prepared for the fact that you may not be able to sell your way out of current conditions. A lot of times when people see their top line revenue dropping in a downturn, they think they have to push sales, which isn't wrong. But finding also your ability to execute the things you can control and influence that affect your profit, your expenses, your efficiencies. It's not the time for soft no's and soft yeses. It's the time to be decisive. So we'll talk a little bit more specifically about what we've seen some businesses do. And then that last part of DNA during a crisis, to keep your people from falling into fear and analysis, they need to have a sense of predictability. They have to feel like, hey, we're in good hands here. So identifying your core and reminding them of the DNA specific to your organization, you can communicate, here's what we're for. It seems like in a downturn, what we always end up communicating is, well, this is what we're gonna cut, and this is what we've gotta rein in, and, but by focusing on what you're for, what you're going to invest in, what you're going to drive to get you through the downturn is a much more motivating message. So let's look at some specific actions. We've been talking in some generalities. Let's look at some specific actions based on, remember, our financial and our strategic position analysis. Let's consider um, if your if you've done those analysis and you've identified what's core and what are barnacles, then you can more clearly see what you need to give less energy and resources to and more energy and resources to. So your industry evaluation is going to help you identify your most impactful result or response depending on your financial and strategic position. So if your industry is particularly um, sensitive to a potential economic downturn, this, this grid kind of outlines critical areas of action. And I know this is a really busy grid, so I'm not expecting you to read it, but I do want to highlight a couple of things. And you will get this slide deck later, so you can certainly look at it in more detail. So the most critical areas of action, if your industry is sensitive to economic downturn, are highlighted in green in this. So if you're in a strong strategic and financial position going into an economic downturn, you still want to reduce cost. 
because inaction can kill that strong position. You need to clarify what's core and improve the loyalty of those core customers. And if you're in a strong position, that is the time to prepare now for a game-changing maybe acquisition for your organization. So I wanted to share a story with you as we talked to all these different organizations. There was one organization that was a strong business. They were strong financially and strategically. And there was an economic downturn that hit their top line revenues 65%. Their top line revenues dropped 65%. And that organization in all of its history had never had a reduction in force. So their board sat with them and they, they found that the management team tended to be pretty paternalistic and they seemed to be seeing some of the signs but not taking any decisive action. So the board had them create benchmarks that said, if things continue to deteriorate in the market, then here's the triggers, here's the triggers. When we get to this point, here's the actions we're gonna take. And when we get to this next benchmark, here's the actions we're gonna take. And in addition, one of the goals the board set for the organization and themselves is to remain nimble during that downturn. And that company executed two acquisitions during that downturn and two shortly after. It completely changed the position of that organization. Um, they were much stronger um, after the downturn. If you're in that refill the tank where your financial position is kind of shaky, but strategically you're strong, you really have to drive the performance management and the efficiencies. You've got to manage cash and liquidity. Um, and, and so we're going to talk about some ways that you can do that here in just a little bit. That may be a time where you have to consider divesting non-core assets too. And then of course, if you're in the, negative financial position, negative strategic position. That's kind of a mayday situation. You need cash, you need to pay attention to cash, efficiency, 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 and really focus on the core. When you're in an industry that's less sensitive to economic downturn, there's still actions you can take in those timeframes to strengthen your business. You can turbocharge your sales, you want, but, but you want to maintain your margins. So as you turbocharge your sales, this is a time, um, if you're less impacted, to make sure you don't let those margins erode. Um, so also a time that you might want to pursue an acquisition for growth. You'll notice that in three of the four quadrants, driving performance improvement is in the green. So it's easy to take your eye off the ball when things seem to be going pretty well. So that takes us to our next poll. Um, so I'm gonna invite everybody to join us for our poll. So if you looked at your own business, which area in your own business do you think if you strengthened would be the biggest bang for your buck, the, would strategically significantly increase your readiness? These kinds of discussions with your team can help you prepare now and help you make decisions as you're making decisions now about where to put uh, your money and how to manage your balance sheet. So we've got people still voting a little bit. 
Okay, I think I think that's good. Let's go ahead and close that poll. And there you see it, 44% of you know that you need to make sure you have cash reserves and strong cash flow. And, and you're right, the organizations that entered into a downturn when they were in a, a bad cash position, they really suffered and their ability to weather the storm was compromised. So let's look at some specific strategies that ha can help you protect your money. And let's look at principles for managing profit. Sometimes in an effort to drive performance and increase profits, organizations actually take actions that weaken their companies. So what are the principles for managing profits during downturns? Again, I love this quote, you have to think differently. You can't just sell your way out of a crisis. So although your focus on sales and customer relationships is important, it takes more than that. That means you have to give attention to the barnacles. And a slash and burn approach may eliminate some unnecessary expense, but it also may destroy value as well, damaging your ability to survive and return. So wholesale cuts are likely to slow results now, and they're gonna get in the way of rapid acceleration out of the downturn. But sometimes out of fear, you see organizations doing that. Um, one manufacturing organization, when you think about um, uh, downturns and being innovative in your business model, one, one manufacturing company had too much of their business tied to one big client. And when that client was heavily impacted by the downturn and went away, they ended up in that May Day situation with advisors telling them, get out, just get out now. But that company doubled down and they really focused on what was core to them and they survived that really stressful time, but they took a different approach to their business model. They decided that they were not gonna let any one customer or industry grow to more than 20 or 25% of their business. They learned a lesson in that downturn and the next downturn came through it in a much stronger position. Also, you wanna make sure to remember your core. So when you do ramp up your sales efforts, you're targeting them in the right areas. You wanna streamline in times of business growth. You wanna, um, when business is good, and right now the economy is good and the, most of the businesses we're working with, they're just rocking along. And during those times of business growth, sometimes we add internally support services that um, may improve the results of our business when we're in growth mode. But in a downturn, support services may not contribute enough to either sales or earnings to be justifiable. So efficiencies and expenses have to be given greater attention. So some of the questions you can ask your team are, and, and it can be a staged uh, discussion, staging your responses. What can we cut today that will not affect our core customers or negatively impact our employees? The second benchmark might be, what can we cut that might have some impact on employees but will not impact our core customers? And then, you know, when in the worst case scenario, it's what actions do we have to take to save the ship? 
And, and this quote was from a CEO that had been through the downturn in 80 in 2001, and then um, the more recent one in 2008 to 2010. And his comment was, you just can't make changes too soon, but you can certainly make them too late. So that was lessons learned the hard way, I think. It means you have to get very disciplined about things. Expenses, even though employees and managers may know the economy is getting shaky, expenses don't just automatically change. So I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, one manufacturer realized they had to reduce their cost of goods sold, that it just was not where it needed to be. So they determined that the reduction effort should be focused on actions that, that provided sustained savings not things like just delaying a purchase or cutting wages, because those are only temporary uh, savings. They were looking at a short list of processes they could target. They reviewed that list weekly. And so one of the first actions they took was to change the paint process in their manufacturing company. It saved them $10,000 a month in time and materials immediately. Now they had to put a little investment into that process, but it saved them in the long run. That's a sustained change. That downturn or upturn, that is a, a change that um, is going to accrue to them in the future. They wanted savings now that could be continued savings next year and beyond. So I want to show you just an example of how that can impact your bottom line. And it, I think it's a pretty motivating example. Now, this is very simple and it's uh, it's not meant to be uh, an actual financial, but it gives you the idea. So scenario one, here's a company of 13 million in sales. You can see the cost of goods sold at 85% and operating expense at 8%. Um, and so income before taxes came out at a 500,000. Scenario two, we've hit an economic downturn. We're down uh, top line sales 25%. If there's not swift action as that top line drops, the cost of sales and the operating expenses are going to tend to increase uh, because we don't have as much sales to spread those across. And then our bottom line can drop dramatically, more than that 25%. So then you go to scenario three. It demonstrates the impact if you have a plan or if you're working on building customer loyalty loyalty and improving your performance. So the actions that they took um, decrease the cost of sales and the operating expenses and it ends up in a bottom line that's similar to pre-recession. So we're, you know, maybe we've regained a small percentage of the lost sales and we've improved our efficiencies. Scenario four shows that if those changes are sustained, as the market recovers, they can result in a long-term increase to that bottom line. So now we're back up to 13 million, but we've been able to retain the savings of improved efficiencies. And now as the economy picks up, we are ready to go. Scenario five shows what happens if we're gonna take the strategy that we can sell our way out of the recession to generate the same bottom line income as before the recession, look how much of an increase in sales it would take. Over $4 million for this $13 million company. So 
obviously this is oversimplified, but it but it's there to make a point. Focusing on decreasing expenses in a sustainable way is important. Some organizations feel like, you know, a reduction in force is required. But if they haven't targeted efficiencies, a reduction in force is not a savings that is probably going to uh, sustain itself unless you restructure. And before you consider a reduction in force, there's other steps that we heard CEOs describe that they took first. Now, the CEOs reported a number of different approaches, and it was interesting because what was best for one company or organization was not the right thing for another company or organization. Some of the things they mentioned were temp workers. That can be a tool to help manage your personnel, and you can use it two different ways. It, it might be that you eliminate temp workers and keep more work for your full-time employees, or it might be that you use temp workers to address capacity issues without adding permanent employee overhead. Reducing overtime seems obvious, but it doesn't happen without intervention. People become acclimated to their overtime pay, and it will not magically stop. So one organization, uh, the department manager over operations, which held most of the employees, their budgets were cut in half. And the supervisors responsible for scheduling knew that, but the overtime did not stop. It didn't even slow down. It was easier for the supervisors to offer overtime to employees that were willing to cover the shift. It was a lot harder for them to assess how they could modify schedules to cover more flexibly without incurring overtime. And no change occurred until every single hour of overtime had to be pre-approved pre at a management level. So you've got to take action to reduce overtime or expenses. Furloughs, um, that's a mandatory or a temporary time off work. The employees still have a job. Um, but, but you may uh, have them take maybe a a couple of days a month off or a day a week or more or less. And then if you get to the point of a reduction in force, it's important to know now who your triple A employees are. So what does that mean? Are they an A employee when it comes to their skills and abilities? Are they an A employee when it comes to productivity? And are they an A employee when it comes to playing well with others? What we found in the organizations that we talked to is it actually had the impact of improving morale if um, good employees were retained and employees that were not AAA players uh, were the ones that were addressed in a reduction in force. Good employees wonder what took you so long. They don't like picking up the slack when um, there's a downturn and if you, so if you cut pay before you do a reduction of uh, non-AAA employees, it, it can actually impact morale negatively. So let's look at our next polling question. I just thought it would be interesting to see how many of you have experienced downturns. Have you been through all of them? Have you been through one of them? Or have you never been through an economic downturn? You know, it's been quite a while since the last true economic downturn. And I've met a number of CEOs and managers that have never experienced a downturn. 
And remember, in the interviews, the CEOs that had acted in a much more decisive way. Okay, so we're going to give you just a couple more seconds, and then we're going to close our poll. Okay, thanks, everybody. We're going to go ahead and close the poll. And it looks like some of you have been through the most, the most of you have been through the most recent downturn. Some of you were uh, in through the downturn in 2001, and 29% of you have not been through a downturn. So really preparing now can make you respond like a more seasoned manager that has been beat up by a downturn. So let's learn from the CEOs that have been there and done that. What were their lessons learned? They tried many things and some of them worked <laughs> as, as is often the case in business. So some actions we can take, notice the quote in the yellow bubble, giving employees the, the facts. Some in organizations actually involved employees by asking them for their ideas. Um, they found that when cost-saving ideas came from focus groups with employees or all employee meetings, it was easier to implement the ideas when the ideas came from the employees and they're closer to the work. Um, some of them uh, realized they needed to increase their communication with their management team and their board, so they modified the frequency of their meeting and their agendas. Some of them found this was an opportunity to reorganize, to consolidate positions that maybe they were reluctant to consolidate before. Of course, it's uh, attrition, you know, hiring freezes, those kinds of things. You'd be surprised how long it takes some organizations to make it really clear that you know, nobody gets hired um, without a specific type of approval. Looking at your inventory and reducing your inventory and also checking those inventory processes to make sure there's no barnacles. This is one that was really interesting. Um, a few of the CEOs indicated that they went back to all their vendors and because of the economic disruption, they were surprised at what became negotiable. Contracts or pricing that they thought was locked in, that they didn't have any option because of the disruption in the marketplace, they were able to get concessions from a significant number of their vendors. Of course, deferring major pur purchases, but again, that doesn't happen magically. Keeping tight controls on spending cash, creating a different expectation or process and making it explicit that no unnecessary spending without certain kinds of approval. So that includes communication too. Um, remember the comment that Covey made, significant change can happen more easily in crisis. So think about the things you've been reluctant to do that you know you should. This is a good time to take those actions. A lot of the CEOs we talked to used outsourcing. And again, that works a couple of different ways. We can outsource so we don't have to hire more employees, or if we are outsourcing, we can bring work back in to keep our employees busy. But outsourcing can have less overhead than adding a full-time position. Again, bringing in that outsourced work, a manufacturer was outsourcing a lot of work because they didn't have capacity and, and the downturn 
cause them to bring that back in. Deferring travel, anything that's not sales related. And, and then what about pay and benefits? How did those CEOs handle that? And we found different CEOs had different philosophies about this. So one of the things you may wanna have a discussion with your team about is what is our philosophy? Um, some companies felt it was necessary to reduce uh, 401k matching and some made a commitment not to do that. They were gonna um, invest in keeping their good employees. Some organizations uh, felt like they had to do a wage freeze or salary cuts. But again, I would recommend start with reducing redundancies and poor performers before you start cutting salaries. It's harder on employees' morale if pay is cut and poor performers are retained. Um, some organizations chose to stop awarding bonuses if profitability is compromised, bonuses won't be paid. Some employers felt like they had to reduce health insurance benefits to survive. Others felt like reducing the workforce and retaining the benefits was more impactful, really investing in employees who were AAA employees. Some of them felt like that was just the right thing to do. Some of that has to do with how much you're impacted, that, that grid that we looked at earlier, and where you fall in your financial and strategic evaluation. Obviously, things like um, employee activities that cost money can be put on hold. But there were also things that CEOs said they protected and did not cut. cut. And again, it was different from one organization to the next. Customer service, one CEO said, when you risk money, you get it back. When you risk reputation, you never get it back. So doing things the right way, making sure your salespeople and the way you're treating other people, um, that you're not violating your own ethics, protecting your quality and making sure whatever cuts you make aren't damaging your core products and services protecting the taproot of your business, it might be a time as you look at what kinds of things are going to be needed or have pent up demand, it might be a time to pursue new customers and markets, but you have to be careful about that. Sometimes investments in equipment to improve efficiencies, you can pick up equipment at a real cost effective price. Some organizations said, we will not cut health insurance. We're gonna take care of our employees. Some of them felt like new product development was in order before the downturn so they could have the right um, value offering when the downturn occurred. And the most seasoned employees also set some goals um, and made sure that training occurred so when asked what their most critical goals were, we heard three main things, um, three areas that, and many of these seem like they would be obvious, but one of the biggest mistakes companies made was not being prepared and not having a progressive plan. So we see the value of planning ahead of a crisis when times are good. And at the end of this type of planning activity, when, when we have seen uh, organizations do it, 
they typically wrap up with some very specific things like, what are we going to do now? And what secondary actions should we take? What are, what are we going to do in the next 90 days, the next six months, the next 12 months? And if you can think ahead about that, then it's a much simpler process to come to those conclusions. Um, now, some, some of you may be thinking, well, this is really kind of challenging to figure out how, how do I have this discussion that seems, seems like a lot. So what we typically do is in a planning process with a client, we just add a few bulleted items into that agenda for strategic planning and actually have a part of the strategic planning to address potential downturns. You can go through this simple agenda in a couple of hours. Your core business, what makes us who we are? What barnacles should be removed? Organizational goals, what systems level goals should we pursue? And, and so on and so forth. So actually organizing the discussions that we've talked about and then having your message ready for the company. We started with this and I wanna end with this. We want to make sure that during an economic downturn, you communicate more effectively with staff, more often. Few people thrive when they're feeling insecure and unsure about their future. Staff work best when there's a clear picture of the organization's focus and the role they can play. And this is a time when rumors will abound. So frequent and honest communications during a downturn are critical, not only about intended changes, but the importance of the wellness and the stress management your employees. And we have found that after experiencing a downturn, CEOs are much more inclined to include the type of planning we've been talking about today in their annual strategic planning. It can be done in a couple hours, maybe three. So right now, most businesses are seeing times that look pretty good. This is the best time, the very best time to plan for opportunities your business might have in a recession.